could be fun. We'll we'll let him do it someday. It oh, very much I could didn't. be fun. It could be because you know it, it gives a little of the uh, extra. Who knows what's going to happen? Factor to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially I, oh. that thing is freaking me out sitting in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it needs a name. It needs a name, and we need to introduce it to our audience. Okay. All right. Welcome to the table decoration <laughs> that my husband sat right like this over the camera. <laughs> so this is I, what I think I you see. should name it Fred. Fred. Um, <laughs> they said we're naming him Fred. <laughs> I like to banish the Frederick. winter horror. <laughs> <sighs> Send it my way. It's too warm down here, anyways. <laughs> All right, we'll put it to the audience. What should we name the? What kind of bird is that? Pelican, it is, I think. No. <laughs> seagull. It's a seagull, yes. Is it a you. seagull? I, I think it's a seagull. All right. Name the seagull yes. for us. The best the answer will uh, will win. <laughs> so what's its name? <laughs> I've been sitting here like this through the entire show. You should. You're just your little buddy. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Ser serious time now. Serious time. All right. <laughs> like we're ever serious. No, we like to have fun. All right. Well, I see that we have people in the uh, chat box. That's great. Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals. We are professionals. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. We'll pretend. We'll pretend we are. We're doing to meet a, the a professional very good imitation of professionals. In the publishing industry. How are we doing this week? We're doing good. I'm in sunny South Carolina, so I'm not in the negative degree weather up in New Hampshire. So I'm kind of happy with my okay, signal. Okay. <laughs> oh, we got Bugsy. Yeah. We've got Sebastian. Sebastian. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Keep those, keep those suggestions coming in. And Kelly, welcome back. It's been a while since we've talked to you. How are we doing? I'm doing great and so happy to be back here. It's always a fun time to join Spilling Ink and just talk about books and what goes on behind the scenes. It's it's that fun social hour. You get to connect with other authors, your people. I know it's it's great. You find new people that you didn't know were out there that are dealing with the same things you are. And, yeah, it's wonderful. So a little bit stir crazy as we all are. I, I'm going a little stir crazy because somewhere around the middle of last year, I said, it's time to bring out this four book series that I've been sitting on for a while or maybe, you know, a while ago. And I, I refurbished it and I updated all the references to cell phones so that they were current and modern and, and took mm -hmm. certain things out and then said, well, every four to six months, we're going to bring out a new book. And I found that between a day job and a new book and uh, publicity and everything else, I usually don't know what day it is. I don't know where I am and I don't know what direction I'm going. So I hope for the sake of your audience that whatever I say makes sense. And if it doesn't, <laughs> feel free to ask me to clarify. All right. Well, well, well let, let's start with that. Let's start yes. with that. So you already had a book series out. And we talked about that the first time you came on the show. So now this next book series is visually very different. So I'm assuming the story genre is very different. Can you tell us about it? Yes. Uh, so the original book series, the one that you've highlighted so beautifully along the bottom of the graphic, were my cozy mystery series that have the, the scientist turned sleuth who is uh, learning the spy trade. Um, and if you want to know what that all means, go back and look at the show that we did originally on that. Uh, the, those are fun. The new series are romance series. And so it's a very different feel, um, a different level of sensuality. And each story there, although the world is consistent between the four stories, in each one you get a complete um, happily ever after kind of love story. Whereas in the, the mysteries, that romantic arc or relationship arc carries on from book to book to book. Okay. All right. And they look really, really nice. I, I like the way that they're, they're, you've got a very uniform, a very on-brand scheme going, just like you did with the original series, which you kept that, that I love the whimsy and the color. These clearly are all part of the same series, but they are a, a very drastically different genre. 
How did you, um, we talked a little bit about it last time you were here. How did you finally settle on these images? Because I know these aren't the original. Right. These these were not the original images that we worked with. But um, at this part of my career, uh, and given that I was trying to launch a larger series, I decided to hire a publicist and a publicity firm to work with. And one of the caveats that you need to know is that when you hire a professional, it's important to listen to them. And <laughs> since I was paying good money for this professional, and they said that uh, the original covers that I had thought were beautiful and they, they were beautiful, but they said they're not on brand for the way major publishers are rolling out books at the moment. And here's what the major publishers are doing. And so they came up with some several mock-ups and ideas that they liked for the book covers. And then we had some really substantive discussions between the designers and myself, because the first thing that happened, and those of you that joined us in the other show on this might remember is that the designers thought that there was a more angst um, and, and darker theme to the books than I thought. And we had to work to bring back a little humor and to lighten things up. And so there were discussions where I felt really bad at saying, no, this is going in absolutely the wrong direction. And I, I felt like a, a wicked witch, if you will. But I also felt like a woman standing up for myself and doing what needed to be done for my career. And I've run into those bumps like that several times during this rollout. And it's important that as creatives and authors and other kinds of artists, we, speak we both up. listen to the professionals we hire, but that we also make sure that we're true to our own brands. Yes. Yeah, I remember that conversation and the Read My Lips cover is, is fantastic and on brand, as you say. You know, it's, the original, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. Yeah. So these are the two that are out right now. Yes. Okay. And when did Royally Scandalized come out? So Royally Scandalized actually came out last Tuesday, the 11th of January. Wow, well, congratulations. Thank you. Yes, it's book birthday week. It's not even a week old. Um, <laughs> and I got a few sales on day one, so that was kind of neat. Awesome. Always nice that when you get awesome. those. Did you do a pre-order for it, or did you just release I, it on release day? I had a pre-order up for it, and so I think that helped. Um, there were a few <laughs> little hiccups in terms of formatting and, and turning some things around. So I had worked with a book and loaded it with... Um, LSI with Ingram first, and then and then I worked on loading it for Amazon, and I thought everything was set, and all I had to do was turn it on, which I did, and then Amazon came back and said, your cover is wrong, and so uh, that was the Sunday before the release day, and on Monday, I sent something to the designer, and I said, uh, Amazon says they need these specs That's for the cover, and here's exactly what they told me. I don't understand it, but please fix this. And so yeah. she turned it around very quickly. So by end of day, they fixed it and we got it back out. But I was sweating a little bit on that one. Mm. Oh, I can imagine because Amazon is, um, if you do a pre-order, Amazon can be pretty unforgiving if you don't make your pre-order right. on time. They only do the pre-orders for the, as far as I understand it, and I may be wrong, I'm still learning this part, but I think they only do pre-orders for the ebook. Uh, yes. not the print. And that's why I did the print pre-order through Ingram. Mm -hmm. um, so ebook was set and ready to go and that was fine, but it was the print book that was having a problem. Ah. And I think something happened with the, maybe the size of the book or something. Uh, these books, Read My Lips was about the same length story, about the same thickness or size of books as the mystery books. But each of the subsequent books in that series gets a little longer and a little longer and a little longer, uh, partly because I'm dealing with a family of characters. And as they interact with one another, characters from the old books step into the new books and so on and so forth. And so um, there's a lot more going on. And it was hard to keep on target and trim those back. So some of them are a bit longer. Well, that's OK. Long books are a really okay. bad thing. Yeah, it, it, I, I think the readers like will like it. I, my challenge is to make sure that uh, I can still deliver it in a form that they find uh, economically advantageous, you know, good price mm. for them. Yeah, And yep. yet I still get something. And um, so <laughs> the balance on the, on the print books that gets harder and harder. You look at it and say, well, I can't give a really 
I can't give the maximum discount to a bookseller. I would love to, but then I would make negative dollars and that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not in the yeah, business to give away our efforts and energy. Yeah. Anita just said Ingram and Amazon cover sizes for print are slightly different. And that is true. They are very, <laughs> yeah, very true. And they're millimeters off, which makes it yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, same with Amazon and Barnes and Noble. If you're loading directly to Barnes and Noble's print site, so that's what I do as opposed to going through Ingram Sparks. I load directly, okay. and sometimes I have to change one, and then change the other. <laughs> it is a pain. <laughs> and and I'm not um, I'm not an extremely visual person, and my okay. skill set doesn't go in that manipulating photos space very easily. I mean. No. I'll, I'll make banners or ads or try to do something for myself, but that's not my comfort zone. So if they tell me there needs to be a change, I have to go to a professional and say, I don't know what this means, but I'll pay you to fix it. Well, it, luckily they, they have provided templates and there, there's a, a link you can go to where you can input your book information and the size and it will give you a template which you can then put into like a Photoshop, GIMP, whatever, and size it to their exacting specifications to make sure it works. And, and that's usually what they do. They usually take the cover and just size it up or down depending on what they need because it, it is millimeters. It's not that much difference, but they are very strict about those numbers. Yeah. Very, very particular. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that since I've been doing my own books and I've been working with both suppliers, um, it costs a little bit more to buy books at author price from Ingram, but the packaging is so much more consistent and so much better and the books arrive in great shape. So mm -hmm. I really am pleased with ordering books from them. Um, although uh, one of the exciting things, and I've told you two privately, but I want to share it with the audience is that um, in working with the publicity firm, when Read My Lips came out, a, a subscription service actually purchased 300 copies of the book and paid me for them, you know, so purchased, it really was a purchase. Um, now, I had to have them shipped to me. I signed them all, shipped them back out, and I sent some special swag out with them. But it was really wonderful to get my books in front of 300 new people. Uh, and which, in that which, case... I went box. with Amazon because the shipping costs yeah. were um, part of my promotional budget and I had to go with the less expensive vendor. Cool. Which book That's, box or, or, or subscription uh, was it? Book Reveal. Okay. okay. It's in, cool. uh, in the Chicago area. Those oh, mystery cool. boxes and, and curated just boxes of anything are so popular. They've exploded in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and I'm patiently waiting for something coming out to sign up on February 1st in that vein. So oh, well, here's the deal edition. with hiring a professional for that. I had no clue that these things were out there. Mm -hmm. And the professionals are the ones that said, hey, we got you booked on this. And they got me booked on some other uh, podcasts and different shows featuring different audiences with specific mm -hmm. sets. And so that's really been... Um, something that I'm very hopeful will bear fruit eventually. It's been a great mm -hmm. seed to plant. See, now that's good when you, when you find somebody that you can work with that you actually are seeing the results for. Yes. Well, the results are in terms of, of uh, contacts, in terms of blurbs and blogs and guest posts and um, appearances, not yet dollars and cents. The, the place I do best in dollars and cents is when I'm face to face with a reader. And mm -hmm. I, man, I love being face to face with a reader at a con or um, my, my brother and I started a while back a, a flea market business at the flea market in Daytona Beach, Florida. And so when he passed away, I took it over and I focused on my books and I have made book sales there, nice. which has been quite fun. But again, that's face to face dealing with individuals and mm -hmm. how to mimic that same level of intimacy online is is I think the trick because I, I can connect with a person who's standing there who's a reader mm -hmm. and get them interested or or determine that they won't ever be interested and yeah. that's all good. Yeah, that's, that's hard to, that's to do that online. Yeah. Yep. And, and when yeah. I say results on pub, pub, publicity, I can talk. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about that they're actually getting you these engagements because sometimes you sign up for a, you know, a PR service 
and it's canned information or it's you know here's a list of things to do when you actually get somebody who is in your your corner and saying hey i've got you booked for this i've got you booked for that while it may not always equate to immediate sales it is doing what they say they're supposed to do they're getting you the publicity they're getting you out there so that people can find you yes and and in that respect they sorry my ears are oddly shaped and my earbuds keep falling out so um (laughs) In that respect, they've done a phenomenal job and they've been really very, very good to work with. Um, I can't say enough about my publicist and and the artistic team and everyone else because they've been on top of it and ever encouraging and gotten me in things that I didn't know existed. And it's just been great. Awesome. That is good to hear. And you've got two more books that are coming out this year still. So <laughs> yes, later this year. So um, in in Read My Lips, my character was uh, a young woman who fell for the the billionaire chocolatier boss who happened to be dyslexic, and she was um, working as a literacy teacher when they met. Uh, but I was smart enough to work in a best friend for her in that book. Mm-hmm. And the best friend actually appears and turns down a date uh, with someone that. Uh, the billionaire tries to set them up with, and it's the prince that she finds royally scandalized. So she'll get a second chance at that date that she turned down. And um, for her, because I was taking a classic Cinderella story and I wanted to modernize it and update a few things, I made sure that she has a very large family. And my royal family is also very large, so there's lots of potential for spinoffs and continuity if the series continues. All right. I like that. So you're giving yourself room to grow should you want to, and you're giving plenty of interaction and characters for your readers to fall in love with. Now, do you have a specific character that you, um, that's a personal favorite for you right now, or is it kind of like they're all your babies? Well, they're all my babies, of course. Um, and I love them all, but I will tell you the book that's coming out next is called reluctantly Royal. And it's the one with the uh, the cover has the long-haired student holding her notebooks. Um, but this particular character is the younger sister of the one in Royally Scandalized. And yeah, I was just going to ask if there was, you know, you 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 connected Read My Lips to Royally Scandalized. Did you connect it again? So you just answered my, my question. It, it, the thing that is really dear to my heart about this one is that I made the age gap between these two sisters very similar to the age gap between my older sister and myself. Aww. And so after I had written a bunch of these things, and of course they had traumas that we didn't have in our lives, but I went back, I was reading it and I saw bits and pieces of relationships that I had with my big sister when I was a little girl. And I had somehow written that into the story. And there's a big storyline about healing a rift that happened between the two sisters as well as their love stories. And so it's really special to me that it adds that element to it. And I know that's not the book we're talking about today, but I really, really like that one. That's sweet. Well, of course, we're going to have a character that that we really connect with. And I like that you have that, that touching you and your sister connection for that one. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, the the character of Grace herself, who's the awkward one who doesn't quite know how to flirt or how to make jokes and tries, but it always falls flat. That that rings true to a lot of my adolescence and not being sure of myself before I somehow was magically granted confidence. And um, so that was kind of fun to write the reclusive shy girl that had some of my issues too. How how many of us can all relate to awkward teenager? Yeah, awkward adult. <laughs> oh, well, it, it's, okay. It, not so much. It, I'm it's just funny. awkward. <laughs> One of the blog posts that I wrote, <coughs> pardon me, was about why we love heroes in disguise. Because in in many of my books, I tend to gravitate, and I found this later. Uh, ones that I read and ones that I write toward a hero that isn't quite exactly what he seems at first glance. So there's a disguise element and it made me realize that we all disguise ourselves. And some of the disguises, so for example, a disguise that I wear uh, when I'm here on the show is successful author. 
and I look like I know what I'm doing and I did my makeup and my hair and put on the crown jewels and, you know, just try to hold, do the whole thing. But underneath that, there's this scared little girl that says, oh, I bet everybody in the audience thinks the stuff that I like to read is silly. Oh. I bet they'd make fun of me if they really knew about it. And they'd be laughing behind my back. And so, so we wear these disguises and yet underneath, you know, that vulnerability is there. And as a romance author, getting to that vulnerability of the character, getting the character to open up and let that stuff that they're afraid of out is really, really important. And it means that we as authors and creators have to do the same. We have to open that window and say, here's the scared little me behind the, the great big image I've crafted. You're muted, Jane. Yeah, I know. I just realized that. <laughs> I said, absolutely. It was <laughs> no, it was me. It, <laughs> like a lot of times. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, I muted myself because the game's on the, oh, on the background. Okay. <laughs> Any good game highlights? No, just kidding. Just kidding. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think still... <laughs> Go ahead. It's still zero zero. <laughs> in, in in writing too, I think we we work through a lot of our problems. It's a catharsis in a way. Um, mm -hmm where we can use that pain, we can, we can give it to the characters, let them work through it. And we work through it through, we work through it through them. Again, I can't talk today for some reason. <sighs> that, that is so on the mark, Katie. That is absolutely true. I, I have a shirt that says, I don't need therapy. I just need to write. Yeah. And, and one of my mentors and a very, very good friend, um, Denise Swanson, will sometimes say to me, um, you need to go write and work out your issues. And she's a, a school psychologist. So um, I even have uh, psychological professionals telling me, go work out your issues in the book. It'll be fine. It is a form of therapy. I mean, it Jane, is. you and I have talked about, you know, you have a bad day at work. You you take it out on I your characters. Slaughtering characters when I have a bad Kill somebody. Day yeah, yeah. But yep. we weren't talking about the kill somebody books uh, primarily. But you know, I do I do still have this long list of people that have annoyed me in real life that are either going to die or be a killer. Um, in fact, I've got a whole new s series planned for um, a bunch of them. It's going to be going to be great when I. I think the worst thing though would be to to give somebody a character that is constantly going through misfortune. Just a background character that's constantly just getting crapped on throughout every book as your little Easter that would be egg. Fun. That would be really fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they never die, but they're constantly stubbing toes. They're constantly losing things. Just, you know, work it out over time. You really get to feel like you... That, that could be kind of fun. That, that would be an interesting one to play somebody with. somebody like that in our next series, Katie. <laughs> Who's that really random background character? Possibly fun. Every time they run into him. Okay, so here's a story for you. You you know that I traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast today. Yeah. And at some point, I ran over my own foot in sandals with my briefcase, which contained two computers and a bunch of cables. Mm -hmm. and it was heavy. So um, for that character, you know, definitely have that happen. Yes. Yeah, I didn't scream anything uh, obscene in the airport, but I wanted okay. to. Okay. I would have. <laughs> was your was your were your flights decent or did you have any hiccups? Um, so we got on the flight. It was decent, first of all. Yeah, but we good. got on and we waited and we waited and they said, Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen, we're not pushing back yet because there's a passenger issue. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Oh. Um and, and in the airport earlier there had been a an issue where all the sirens and the lights were going off and they said there's an issue here. Uh please stand by until we resolve it. And nobody told us how it was resolved. So then we got on the plane, there was a passenger issue. Turned out somebody was not feeling well and they brought in a medic team and the medic team said, honey, you shouldn't be on the plane. And so mm -hmm. that person got off the plane, I think with another traveler, because then the two people in front of me got upgraded to first class. Hmm. Um, so we were late pushing back because somebody got sick or something. Yeah. I, you know, once in a while I get upgraded, but very rarely. I never count on yeah. it. Yeah. We had, I mean, Someday when I'm a rich and famous author, I'll get upgraded myself. I'll buy first class tickets. Yes. Yeah. Treat you yourself. Class. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, on Wednesday when we flew here, we had 
zero issues. I remember early. I have never had that on both flights. Awesome. So either that means this coming Wednesday is going to be a disaster. Oh, no, <laughs> or, no. or, well, yeah. It'll be or, fine. It'll be good. Yes, exactly. The universe exactly. gave you something good for once. <laughs> not, yes. There we go. We have any new name suggestions. I haven't seen any, any more name suggestions in the comments. So I, I think you it should be Steven good. since he's a seagull. Steven. Okay. We were talking well, we martial arts that. earlier, right? Yeah. yeah. Team Seagal. <laughs> Say it fast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that's I just funny. I'd ask because I mean, I know you're probably, you're not jet lagged yet because you haven't gone to sleep. That's right. And I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll sleep through. I'll get up what seems like early for this time, but I'll get a good night's sleep. And yes. I'm kind of used to doing it. I haven't done it for 18 months, but I used to do this uh, transcontinental thing Coastal. every three yeah. weeks. Um, but it was interesting flying with masks and it was not as painful as I feared it would be. Yeah, I had a little spacer that went under my mask that kept it yeah. away from my face. I just, the worst part was that my face got hot. Yes. Like, and then you have to turn air. the air on you. And it didn't work on the long flight. It only worked on the short flight. Oof. Well, it, it sort of worked, but not enough to cool off anything. Right. Hmm. So, anyway, There's other than that, it was fun flying. about flying. Nothing, yeah. nothing fun about it. I got yeah. to I got to sit by a guy that was coming here and said he was a professional musician, and that was pretty oh, cool. Neat. Neat. We didn't oh. have any conversation after that because I fell asleep on my husband's shoulder and he started <laughs> watching movies. So how do you fall asleep in those chairs? I cannot sleep on airplanes. It's so uncomfortable. That's you know the partner shoulder, husband's shoulder. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, yeah, when you're flying with kids, have, you're kind of like <laughs> I, I have my puffy pillow and put it on his shoulder and lean there. And uh, to be honest, I pretended I was asleep for the first time before I actually fell asleep because you know, if you let them know you're not sleeping, they'll try to talk to you. So mm -hmm. I was pretending to sleep and then I drifted off and it was good. Good, good. Well, it's a long flight, so it was shorter because you slept. Yeah, a little bit. And and I didn't sleep the night before. I had maybe four hours total. So yeah. I wanted to be human for today. <laughs> and Famous I think I'm taking it pretty well. Yes. That, that's usually yeah. what you do. You set yourself up and then Murphy's Law comes right in and goes, no, that's not what we're going to do. Yeah, that's going to happen on uh, uh, next week. I've got to handle that issue separately. I'll handle it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. So now what brought you to the West Coast? Was it book-related or work-related? Um, neither, actually. It's family-related. Oh. So my husband's family is here, and he's been out to visit his mom a couple of times this year, and I haven't gotten a chance. So it's our belated holiday celebration with the family, oh, my mother-in-law and nice. sister-in-law. And um, mom is dealing with the dementia. Okay. issues so it it slips and slides and it's uh, she knows us all and everything that's fine but um we really wanted to get out here and spend some time and uh because i wanted work to pay for my rental car i did say i would drive down to san francisco and uh, pop into the office to see my colleagues and do some other work out in the field up here in the sacramento area so that's it okay so and no book work. stuff at all except um today's interview Now, are you guys going to celebrate as a family for the, the book release? Do you celebrate your book releases? You know what? That is a brilliant idea. No, I don't really do that. Mm. I should. I think as authors, we we do for like the first book. And then after that, it kind of becomes, <coughs> a, you know, all right, next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's me. It's like, okay, it's out next. <laughs> It's like, it's but, like, <laughs> when you think about it, you, you've, you've slaved over, you know, 60 to 80,000, sometimes a hundred thousand words. You've yeah. worked through revisions, you've worked through the edits, you know, you've done the homework and everything that goes to get that book ready. You deserve a little celebration for it. It's not just, you know, next and move on. You've got well, to, you know, treat your book like you want other people to treat it. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that next and move on is unfortunately um, a thing that many of us have. It's like, yeah. oh, I reached that goal. Now I got to get another goal because I'm goal oriented and driven that way. And mm -hmm. um, so it's important to stop and remember that. So I will um, I will do some celebrating when I get back home over this book. I, I mean, 
we toasted it over dinner one night and and did a little bit of a low-key celebration so i didn't totally ignore it um I do think it's important that we recognize the achievement because even though we may have written multiple books, it's still a, a a large feat to put together a book and get it from the idea in your head to a published bound available in the open market book. You yeah. know, a sideline to that is something that um, we, and I know a lot of authors turn into the show and, and talk about things. So, we tend to forget how absolutely special and memorable it is for a reader to have an interaction with an author and get a signed book. Mm -hmm. I mean, at some point in my career, I said, yeah, yeah, everybody signs their books, so what? But I forgot that that's really what readers love and treasure. And um, yes. so it's important to remember that. You know, that's that's what I, as I said, I'm waiting for February for the same thing. because It's a special edition signed. And I'm like, I have it ticked on my calendar. <laughs> like, I want the four books. <laughs> so it's like, it's been a long time since as an author, I've gotten this excited about getting a signed book. You know, yeah. it, it you do tend to forget that. You do tend to forget the fangirling going on, you know? It, we do. We we peek behind the curtain and forget to be readers first and, yeah. and fangirls and, and have all that giggly excitement over uh, our favorite author releasing something new for us. And the same goes for us, too. When we get to interact with a, a reader, like, you know, at an event, a book signing, whatnot, and they are excited to meet us. I think that kind of helps to, to, you know, add a little, you know, pep in your step as an author too. Somebody yeah. loves my work. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I went to the book lovers con in Orlando in December. And um, for those of you that remember romantic times, it used to be a large mm -hmm. book featured event. Well, book lovers con was its successor. Oh, okay. And, um, um, Anyway, I, I didn't prep this, so I didn't stick names in my head to pop them out. But it was a wonderfully run conference. And Joe Carroll, who ran it, did an awesome job. But my first night there, I stopped and I said, I'm going to say hello to this person who's a, a stranger to me. But she looks alone and I want to make sure she feels oh, welcome. And so I, I did that. And she I found out I was an author and she's a reader who was there and she had another reader friend there. And these two lovely ladies practically adopted me. They said, we want you to have a wonderful time because we want you to come back. And yes, we're going to get all of your books and we really can't wait to know more about you. And at different events, they, they would drag me onto the dance floor and we um, they, they friended me in social media before I even fell asleep that night. And it was just... Um, it was amazing and they were so generous and kind. And I, I just really enjoyed that side of it. That was pretty neat. And it so shout out to the experience for you, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. It's now ingrained in your memory. You've got a good feeling about that. That's something you want to return to. So exactly. it's good on both ends. It's good for the readers. It's good for the authors. And we, I at least think we should recognize the hard work we've done. Even if we've written multiple books, we need to stop and give ourselves credit because a lot of times we just don't. No, I, I, I'm very bad at that. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. It is work. It is, it, it's yeah. not easy to write a book. It's not easy to slog through the edits and the rewrites mm, and, right. you know, all the, the notes you get back. Sometimes they're a little bit spicy and sometimes they're, <laughs> mm -hmm. you don't, you want to argue with your beta readers, but you go through it, you do the process mm -hmm. and you make something that you can be proud of. So yes, definitely yes. we need to take that time. We need to remember that ourselves. And this goes for all of you out in the audience as well. All those authors that listen to us on a regular basis, all the new authors, give yourself the credit when you do it. And and all the readers that have day jobs doing things, you have accomplishments too that you need to celebrate and mm -hmm. not discount. And uh, as a, an author with a day job point taken for me, I need to do some celebrating. And in fact, I think I need to open a bottle of champagne when I'm down in the corporate office this weekend because we had a patent that came out on December 21st and we need to take a moment and say, this is a cool thing. 
That is, that, is, that is a really cool thing. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, thank you. That's my other hat, but you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it sneaks into the books and then I have to edit out all of that techie stuff that I had so much fun writing. I'm like, oh. no, you don't need a reverse osmosis machine on the island kingdom that you go into detail about, blah, blah. <laughs> Cut this part out, allude to something else, you know. So the day job kind of drifted in. It, it did. Well, the, and this is the um, reluctantly royal that's coming up with the geeky scientist character as a heroine. And ah. um, what she doesn't understand is that her prince is also a geek mm -hmm. and he's a scientist as well. And so when they discover it and they start talking to one another, they can go off the rails and, and go a little too far. And then the author has to pull them back and say, all right, you two scientists, that's fun, but the readers don't need to know all of that. You close the door on that stuff. <laughs> Open the door and everything else. Interesting. Uh, vivid and evocative, but close the door on the geek talk. Yeah, well, it, yeah. Flavor yeah. here and there is okay. Yeah, sprinkle of it, but it's like yeah. it's like garlic. If you overwhelm it and you taste nothing but garlic, then you don't have a good dinner. I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> Overly garlic, huh? <laughs> I love garlic. <laughs> but yeah, you, you want to have the nice balance. You want to keep it personality, but not overwhelming. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, I, I have all the anti-money laundering where I'm working because I've been a broker dealer. So it was fun to create a character that launders money. <laughs> So it was just write like, what you know. Yeah. Well, I don't launder money. But, but or I'm do you? Know. <laughs> no, I don't. You wouldn't admit it if you did, anyways. So no. I'm reading. I want to reach out to Rebecca out there who says she's fixing a, a blown hot water pipe and, yes. and remind her that uh, water treatment is my day job. So I feel your pain, dear. I'm sorry oh, that you're dealing with yes. that. Plumbing uh, problems is a word. Dealing with it at home is, is, is wild. Um, compression fittings. Um, compression fittings are your uh, friend. Yeah, I, I was going to say, she's been doing way too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> since, yeah. since she's been given the go-ahead. <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you, Rebecca. <laughs> she knows. She knows. Yep, she does. She does. She does. I tried to get her to sit I think down we've all told bit. her she needs to relax. She needs to rest. She needs to recuperate. Yes. You know, we don't remember how to do that. I, I've totally forgotten how to relax. I, I If I have a spare minute and I'm sitting down, I need to do something with my hands. Mm -hmm. If I'm not multitasking, it feels wrong. Yeah. You mm -hmm. sit down for five minutes. You're like, wait, I'm guilty. I shouldn't be doing this. What should I be doing? And, and yeah. I took time off at the holidays. And when I went back to work, I couldn't get my head back in the game and I didn't know what I was doing. And it took and, like four or five days to get back. Like, Oh, yeah. oh yes. Cause and I it, checked out. <laughs> you probably checked out from the day job too. Yeah, that, that totally happened. And I think I checked out from the writing job at the same time and, and mm -hmm. some review things slipped and oh, it was a, oh, yeah. a cluster of events. Yes. But you had a good time, right? I did. I had okay. a lot. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I probably, Needed the time off more than I needed the extra reviews, although reviews are, are nice. And I hope those people yes. actually come back and put them up somewhere. Yes, please, please, reviews. I think we're all guilty of that, too. Begging for yes. reviews from anybody. Please, dear God, please read it. Well, not anybody. You want your ideal reader, if at all possible, because if you get a review from someone who isn't your ideal reader and was expecting a completely different genre, you could be really sorry what you, what you got. It can be eye-opening. But you can use those to make sales. I've seen some authors use some some pretty pretty slapped reviews that that you know that wasn't her target <laughs> their target audiences and <laughs> you know I, um, to use that in an ad it it helps and it was no, I, I tried to do that at one point. I put up a really negative review up against a really positive review and said, what do you think is true? Why don't you decide? Oh, and uh, it yeah. was a small target audience. I didn't get the engagement that I hoped for, but maybe we'll run yeah. something on um, Absolutely. an Amazon or a Google ad and see what happens. 
<laughs> now, Anita says that she's been doing YouTube writing sprints. So I want to ask Anita, I know you're listening. What channel are you doing these on? Because that's a, a great way to get involved. And we, we've talked about doing group like Facebook groups, other mm -hmm. social media group writing, uh, writing sprints, but doing them on YouTube. And, and I kind of want to know how they manage that. Yeah. Is it just a running live stream with a timer or is it? I'm interested in this. This is a, a yeah. slightly different method that I'm used to with sprints, but sprinting is a great way yeah. to keep yourself, you know, in writing shape. And, yep. <laughs> yep. And, and getting so that word working for you. <laughs> yep. That 20 minutes, you can get something Shut down. Shut the editor off. No yep. editor. Just vomit the words on the page. Yep. Clean yes. it up later. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes those bits are, are better than you thought they would be. You overthink and, it. Oh, yeah. You end up writing way more than you expect yourself to. Like, you know, yeah. most writers, you go, okay, five, I want you to have 500 words in the next 30 minutes. And they might go, oh, geez, 500 words, that's a lot. It's actually not when you're in the zone. Right. That 30 minutes passes and you could have, you know, up to 2,000 words if you're really going and you shut that editor off that stops mm -hmm. you and makes you pause and rethink the sentence remember. you just typed. Yeah, One I time I was get... in the zone and I wrote 40 pages. And, oh, wow. and I'm like, I, I was emailing a friend at the end of that, like, I'm on a writer's high. I don't know. You should talk me down. I think I'm going to crash. I don't know what to do next. <laughs> yeah. Just keep yeah, crap either. They were okay pages. Yeah. The other night, um, I think it was Monday night, I wrote 4,000 words in the night, nice. which for me, you know, and that was like three hours of writing, 4,000 words. And I was like, oh, I'm in the zone. And I, and yeah. I looked at it because I didn't know how much I, I had written. You know, I was, it was just flowing and it was just like, oh my God, that is such a great feeling. As you say, it's a high. It's like, whoa, yeah. 4,000 words. And if you have more time, continue on, write some more, right? Until well, you're done, until your brain goes in, we're empty. Yeah. <laughs> One of my, my friends early on was saying something. She said, oh yeah, you know, that moment where you're in the flow, it's better than sex. <laughs> and all the writers went, yeah, it is. Thank God our husbands weren't there. They would have been wondering about us. Believe it. I believe it. <laughs> in okay, the so, zone, producing is just an unbelievable kind of high. It, it is. Yeah. You're you're it in is. a totally different headspace, and and it feels good to work that muscle and get everything out and to create and visualize. So yeah, it it is a wonderful experience when it's working. Yeah. So Anita says, Margaret, she's the one running it. So we might have to put a link to her channel in our show notes after the show. Because I, I think I have seen her say something about that. I need to stop in and take oh. a look at these. Yeah. And they do a timer, which is perfect. So you've got, you know, yes. an accountability right there. You know how much time you've got. And once you get to that breaking point, everyone gets a chance to kind of reset, breathe. So mm -hmm. I like that. I'm going to have to check her channel out and we will put her link in our show notes today after the show. So that way you guys can find it too. Cool. Very cool. Thank you. Very cool. Yes. I like, I like writing sprints. It's, it's, I haven't done them in a while, but every now and then, you know, I get in a group or, or I, I join a chat group that did, that does it. And then I get out of it when I'm done. Cause I don't want to continually get things in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah especially when I'm slow and I have deadlines. Yeah. That's when, you know, it's like, oh, can somebody sprint with me? Because I know I'll get stuff out. You know, I know there's I'll that, get the words. There's that element of competition too that I think plays towards your favor when you're in a group <laughs> that's writing. Because yes. if it, at the end of the time, it's like, okay, how many words did everyone get? You don't want to be the person who got the lowest word count. You want to be either somewhere to the middle top the middle so that you're like, Hey, speak of the devil. Look at that. Yes, oh, Margaret, good. we will put your uh, YouTube channel link in our show notes at the end so that people can find your writing sprints. Because I think that's a wonderful idea. I love that. And Anita says that she has been checking out the whole AuthorTube community. I have not actually delved into AuthorTube. I feel like it, it's kind of a almost a scary term because you, you don't know what yeah, you're going to go great. into, but it's probably yes. worth checking out. Yep. <laughs> it's like book it, talk, you know. Ah, <laughs> it's a healthy competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Healthy competition. Healthy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
So yeah, we definitely need to put that in there and I need to check that out as well. But ha have you guys looked at AuthorTube at all or kind of delved into what, what AuthorTube kind of encompasses? No, no. I, I'd I mean, never heard I mean, of it before today. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're, I mean, we're all, I, I have homework assignment is to go look it there. up and figure it out. The only thing I, and, and back to working with a PR firm as such, they said, make some short videos. And so I do have a YouTube channel now, which is kind of cool and kind of fun. And uh, there are videos about how I did my research on my different uh, books and a little bit about my office and one about my cat and, you know, just fun <laughs> stuff. Um, a sad thing happened. Uh, one of the videos was talking about how I got that big pink Z as, as part of my logo and my name. Mm. And it was because there was another author with my same name, different spelling when I joined a writing group that I was in and she just passed away last week. So oh. the other Kelly Riley, Kelly Ann Riley is no longer with us. And that's very sad to me. And now every time I see my Z, I, I think of her and think that, um, we are less for having lost another one. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. On a lighter note, cats, cats good on other Cats are good anywhere. <laughs> yes. Except on the keyboard. They are not good on the keyboard. Yeah. And all of my typos are because my cat walked on the keyboard. Sure. <laughs> sure they are. Especially if it says blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And sometimes my work emails say that, and I, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. we have we, we have something at work that we call because we're uh, we have a system that takes things in freeform text, and we call it the cat and the keyboard text, you know, <laughs> because because it, you know sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> it's the cat on the keyboard. You okay? <laughs> Okay. Speaking of, of that, I have to, I have to make a comment here. And, and because we're all authors, have you ever had this happen to you where you're talking to somebody through a text based form? So chat or messenger or whatever. And, and they're like a relatively new friend, associate, whatnot. And they find out you're an author. And then all of a sudden they start over editing anything they type to you because they're know. worried you're going to judge them. I've had, I've had a few people like say that to me. I'm like, please don't, because there's a reason authors need editors because we make plenty of mistakes. Yes, don't worry exactly. about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know. Maybe they do. I know, I know I'm in meetings about, they're like, I'm a writer. We need how to, how to say this. We need your skills. But I look at it and I give them the, the, uh, the different alternatives, but it's funny. It's like, oh, we need the writer. <laughs> and, and sometimes our writing skills segue really well with what we're doing at the day jobs, and sometimes yes. they just don't. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, you, you you, ask you somebody don't want else me to write that. <laughs> I write fiction. <Yeah. laughs> well, one of my first bosses said to me, "Why don't you write science fiction?" And I said to him, "Do you really want to wonder if my research reports are made up?" So. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> he didn't have a response to that okay i'm gonna walk away yeah sure sure you know i think the worst is when they want you to write like a, a product descriptions or things like that because you're a writer you can just rattle this off and then you start crying because writing summaries and synopsis is the worst things it's in the not world. What you yeah. want to do. <laughs> yes. yeah. I can write you a 50,000 word description. 50,000 I can do. Don't make me write under 500. And I need to add emotion into it and character growth. I know it's a shampoo bottle, but still character growth, right? Exactly. You know, we want those Dr. Bronner's bottles by the end of it with the itty bitty type. <laughs> totally, totally different skill set than the fiction writers and world builders. Yes. I just yes. wonder sometimes with like the misconception they hear you're an author and, and instantly they they envision something about you. <laughs> without verifying it at all and then you've now become this thing that, that maybe you are not what, what i love are the the commercials for these memory supplements and everybody there is like and we're authors we're not just retirees bicycling on the main coast we're authors like, yeah you are sure you are so you're bicycling 
I need to read a Lush cat. I like Lush. I, I need to see what this fantasy is all about. I'm going Ooh. here after after the show. Hello. Oh, there's my son. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not at his dad's this weekend. He and, and ah. Zoe stayed here because dad got COVID. Okay. You, you, so. you're, you're, you're COVID um, Murphy's Law thing keeps going and going. It's a gift that keeps giving. Yep. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, so they're, that, that's like their subtle hint of, Mom, I'm bored, but I'm not coming in to bother you because you'll yell at me. <laughs> What's worse than writer's block? A blurb. That's funny. I like that one. <laughs> that's horrible. It's true, though. So true. Yes. So, so true. So yeah, I, I once um, was asked to speak at a group uh, to talk about interviewing and something with kids for whatever reason. And I said, think of your life as this whole book this whole manuscript and i pulled out a sheaf of papers that was about the thickness of a manuscript at the time i said now think of turning that into a a one page a five page query letter and then think of turning it into a one minute elevator pitch this is what you have to do with your life when you're interviewing for a job and you have to step outside of yourself and look at your life and break it into those pieces and i i would say harder even than blurbs is bios how do you feel out there, authors, about writing your own bios? Do I have I to? Stink. I don't know. I just. Uh, I do it, and mine, I feel like I'm so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep that one short and sweet. I because mm -hmm. I I prefer the book to to sell itself. If you if you yes. like me, great. Follow my other books, but the book is going to sell itself, and so I always spend more time on the blurb than anything else. And mm -hmm. I like blurbs. Okay. I think they're fun. Well, Katie and Rebecca are my blurb sounding boards. <laughs> so I write it. I'm like, oh, or I've been staring at it for, for days. And then I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah, have your best. These are some great things. <laughs> These are great comments here. Yes. <laughs> excellent. Excellent comments. Bio funny. Soul. Okay, Hunter. <laughs> or excuse me, night of the kids table. Yes, night of the kids' table. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Have your bestie write best. Write yeah. your friend. Write your body. As long as they don't write anything incriminating, because they know all we, the secrets usually. Yeah, they know what the bodies are. We did an um, an exercise once where we randomly someone said, "Bring in page five of your current manuscript," and she just picked a number out of the air, and we sat together with three or four others, and each read one another's manuscripts. But your team, after they read your manuscript, was to come up with three words that they thought um, you were evoking in that random piece of your writing. And that was a branding exercise where we didn't do it ourselves. We let someone else see Ooh. what we did. And that was really, really beneficial and eye-opening. So I would recommend that to anybody out there trying to find... Um, uh, something that encapsulates your writing style in a, a quick soundbite style nugget. It's easier, mm. though, I think, to be objective about other people's work than ourselves. Yeah, I could just, I can, I, I'm an argumentative person, so I could see somebody going, "Well, this is what I got out of it." I'm like, "Well, you totally missed the point. It was supposed to be." <laughs> <laughs> and and that's why having other people do it for you works so well. But you had to trust them too, and you had to know who they were so that they could filter in some of that oh yeah. comps, yes comps, i love comps. Oh, that's hard I like yeah that. my my goal when i write now is to is to evoke emotion from rebecca <laughs> which one Make, jonesy no no which, which emotion are you trying to evoke um surprise or tears Ooh, or that's hard. <laughs> you picked two hard ones <laughs> I, I have done it. Go, Go with laughter. It's so much easier. <laughs> yes. So it's like, okay. So, you know, I'm ready. That, that's in my mind. <laughs> yes, my make the people want to read the book. Who is yes. your character? What is happening to them? Why should we care? Yes. And Josh was yep. saying that last week. I, I yep. like that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely but then again there's always the but what about this character who's really important too and they're playing a serious part in this 
so hard to no, get it down. Later, that's, it's like that's really the treasure down. you find while you're going Smack for the, the hand. No. Down. <laughs> you already really wrote the book. You're hard. writing the synopsis or the blurb or something. I'm better at doing it for other people's books than my own. You know, if I've read somebody's beta read, I can, and they put up a, a, a blurb or synopsis that is all over the place. I, you know, it's really easy for me to go in there and go, nope, this is important. This is important. This is important. This is what it should be. And I've done that a few times. <laughs> but it's, it's easier to be that objective when it's somebody yeah. else's work because you're not emotionally tied to it. Right, right. It's not, it's not all in your head. Mm -hmm. the, the entire lives that are on the paper and off the paper are not in your head. It, <laughs> and your, you know, your reader knows, uh, especially a reader who's also a writer, knows what's important and what's nice to have, but not absolutely necessary for that appetizer course or whatever you want to call it. That, that free sample or. And, and that's a good thing to include in like beta readers. When you, when you reach out to beta readers, guide them with some instructions of what you're looking for. You know, you can ask things like mm -hmm. what was the most important part of the story? Who was the most important character? Because then you can gauge from them what they were picking up. Yeah. And if that matches what you were either hoping for to, to utilize, to, to focus on whatever, mm -hmm. as you go in and write your synopsis, I'm not saying it'll make it tons easier, but it might make it a little. Right. Nothing right. makes it easier. You just have to do it. No, and it's always fun when you have, you know, your 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 book notes to the side and think you've incorporated them, <laughs> but you have not. So it's like, oh, holes. oh, yeah, well, I know what that is. It's, oh, it's not here. It's not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's why beta readers are our best friends, yes. because they get to that before readers do and yes. post bad they comments. Us. They go, hey, hey, fix that. Yes, yep, yep, yes. Yep. there is a big gaping hole. <laughs> you need to patch it up. <laughs> but beta readers um, are also great for helping you brainstorm how to patch that hole. When yeah. I write myself yes. into a corner, there is one particular reader, writer, friend that I call on. I say, I'm stuck, help. Mm -hmm. And she always comes up with brilliant ways out of the mess I've written myself into. Or when you're you know, at a crossroads and you have two ideas. Yes. <laughs> Which one should I do? Which one should I do? A yep. or B? <laughs> yep. And sometimes I do the opposite of what they say. <laughs> but most Can't of the time that. I do the same. <laughs> but yeah, you, it, having that sounding board, you know, whether yes. it's the beta reader, another author friend, it, it's so helpful and and jane you know i've reached out to you at the oddest oh, yeah. hours of the night i'm like hey i need help and most of the time i answer you at the oddest hours of the night that three hour difference works for us because i'm usually super late at night and you're getting up for the morning so yes. it's yeah. perfect and i look at that and i'm like okay i know she's you know in her head space so i gotta answer her <laughs> and i know how urgent it is at the time in your head, you know, when you're yeah. stuck there. Yeah. You know, it's that, always that, urgent when I'm supposed to be sleeping and my brain won't let me. That's, yes. that's exactly. the creative hour. Yep. Exactly. Like one time so, I, I had gotten up and I'd written something and I felt really good about it. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I yes. went, Oh my God, they have to go through customs when they re enter the country. I didn't account for that. And I couldn't <laughs> sleep till I went and wrote that into the book. Yep. Yes, Rebecca, you Rebecca should have killed one person or 18 people. That's yes. right. Pretty much. <laughs> Us. Jane, is this about a story? <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Yes, it is. Always, always about a story, right? <laughs> Plausible oh, deniability, yeah. people. We, we, we would again, never kill anybody in real life. I mean, I, I sometimes introduce myself to people before I tell them I'm, I'm an author. I go for the shock value and I tell them I'm a serial killer and I get some odd looks. I say, but only in books, you know, so. Literally yeah. speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, literally speaking. <laughs> well, I don't use that, that one really often because I'm afraid I might use it on the wrong person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to say people pay me to lie to them. That's a good one. I like That's that one. one. Yep, I make professional up liar. 
<laughs> hey, Margaret, nice to meet you. Thank, Thank you for you, coming Margaret. in. Thanks for stopping by. And I will definitely mm-hmm. get your link in those show notes. So give me about 10 minutes after the show to update our notes and we'll make sure that link is in there. Cool. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yes. Rebecca is setting up her plausible deniability. Yes. Everything is fictionally speaking. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, Kelly, thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, telling thank us you. about your work, your, your new book that just came out and the two more that are about to come out later this year. It's It's been a delight. Thank you for having me again. And I look forward to joining the fun later and playing some more and talking with the wonderful uh, people that come in on the chats and, and just having some great times together. All right. And you make sure that you go out there and celebrate your new book release. I yes. will. I promise. I'm going to start okay. as soon as we shut down. I'm going to go pour myself something celebratory and uh, toast it. Awesome. And we didn't get a name for this guy. Oh, shoot. The name. <laughs> the name. Oh. <sighs> oh. I know. I'm, I'm pulling it. Yes. I'm going to leave it open. I, I want to get some more comments on it because I think we okay. need a little a little more creative name suggestions. So if you're watching this afterwards, put it in the comments below. Yes. Let us know what name you yes. think we should give our little name seagull. seagull. <laughs> Good. Yeah, get those creative juices going on the seagull name. All right, guys. And thank you again to all of our wonderful viewers, you guys. We love you. I, we, we enjoy hanging out with you guys every you great. week. Thank you. We will be back <laughs> yes. soon with another author to introduce you to and some more fun conversation. Until then, everybody stay healthy and uh, we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Thank you.